Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody? I hope that everybody's new year is off to an amazing start. And welcome to another episode of the Believe in Rugby podcast show on the Believe Podcast Network, which is the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? This podcast is available on all of your favorite directories, including Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on Believe.com, at Believe in Rugby on Instagram, and at Believe Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. So I'm here with Aiden Cannoli, a multi-sport athlete, a kid who's aspiring to obtain uh, his dual degree at Iona College. He also partakes in the honors program at Iona. And to top all of that off, Aiden, I mean, you're embarking on a 4,000-mile cycling journey this summer to spread awareness for people with disabilities. So that's kind of where I want to start off this conversation um, at. So what I want to ask is, what kind of motivated you to want to embark on this journey, Aiden, and bring more awareness to people with disabilities? Yeah, no, definitely. So it, it was always something I kind of had my eyes on, you know, once I ended up joining the fraternity that I'm in, uh, which is Pi Kappa Phi uh, at Iona. And, you know, when I learned about it, it just seemed like such an outrageous thing that was actually available to like students such as myself. And so I was like, um, I thought, why not do something with my summer that is not only going to, you know, show me the rest of the continental, uh, you know, basically the United States, right, going from coast to coast, but it's also doing something that's going to benefit, you know, people beside myself, because, you know, but compared to me and you, right, like we've been, you know, athletes probably our whole entire lives, we, you know, we're able to go about our daily lives and, you know, go out to restaurants and, you know, be able to run around, you know, a lot of time people uh, with disabilities don't have this opportunity that we have. They're born into something that's like not necessarily their fault, like that you can't control it. And, you know, especially now during the pandemic, right, they're probably, you know, at least in my eyes, they're more ostracized than they've ever been, right? Because you can't go and visit them, really. You can't, um, you know, a lot of people aren't thinking about them because they're, they're wrapped up in their own, you know, problems because, you know, everyone's suffering right now. And, you know, I thought it'd be a great opportunity to not only bring awareness, like, hey, like, you guys still exist, you're still people, but also just, you know, say that, think about someone other than yourself. And, you know, it's really hard right now just because of the stuff, the political, you know, uh, climate is, as well as, like, the, the economic uh, climate. Uh, but, yeah, I just want to tell people, like, hey, like, we, we need to come together. And, like, these people are super underprivileged for the sense of, like, they can't even do the things we can so that's like the biggest reason why I wanted to embark on this journey. That's impressive. Um, now, was this journey something that you heard of this year or was it something that you were aware of in years past? Yeah, so I heard about it first uh, in the spring semester, my freshman year. So, you know, when I was going through the process of, you know, learning about my fraternity's history, you know, uh, besides, you know, the, the brotherhood aspect, there is a philanthropy aspect on the back end. And so, you know, what's unique about my fraternity is that we have our own philanthropy that we created, you know, way back in the day. 
And so one of the biggest components of that philanthropy is actually doing this trip called Journey of Hope. Uh, Journey of Hope. So we, we raise money and, you know, some of the funds go towards, you know, just financing the trip, uh, but a large, large bulk actually goes to like giving grants to these organizations as well as, you know, um, being able to go see these people who might live in, let's say, Seattle or Oklahoma or Chicago. Uh, you know, right. it could be like super small, like communities or like bigger places like, you know, Cerebral Palsy of Westchester, which I happen, you know, to used to go visit before the pandemic. Right. Um now you are going to be cycling these 4,000 miles. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am going to be cycling about, you know, 4,000 miles, hopefully. Yeah. So is cycling something that you incorporate in your daily physical um, exercise or like how much experience do you have? How much confidence do you have in what you're about to do this summer in terms of the physical aspect of it? Yeah, you're probably going to think this is bizarre, but I've actually never, you know, truly done cycling ever in my entire life. Uh, so it was kind of something I saw. I was just like, you know, let me put my mind to it. And, you know, it's for a great cause. I was just like, let's start training. And, you know, I remember when we were training, you know, about a year ago, uh, you know, in the season for 15s and rugby, like that type of training is completely different from the training I'm doing for the cycling. And, you know, being able to, have that basis of you know like working with Bruce and the strength and conditioning coaches like Andrew and App, right? Knowing how intense those workouts are, it kind of like helped me like bring intensity to my own workouts now for cycling. And you know, the biggest thing right now for me is just trying to put up those miles and you know get my get my legs in good shape and make sure I'm not gonna you know pull a hammy when I'm out in like the middle of nowhere. So that's that's the biggest thing I'm doing right now. And are you doing this alone? Yeah, yeah. So I, I wake up nice and early in the morning, get myself nice and situated. Uh, I no, guess I mean, are you are you are you going to be cycling? Um, you know, going on the journey. Like, how many people are you going to be with on the actual? Oh journey? yeah, yeah. Sorry, I misinterpreted. Yeah. So um, basically, uh, basically, like uh, if you think of like Iona, right? Like the fraternity has its uh, a chapter at Iona, but. Um, you know, maybe in Alabama or LSU or UCLA, like they also have chapters of the fraternity because it's a national one. So guys from all, all across the, the country, basically, like they sign up and they go through an interview process and whatnot. And then, you know, if you get selected for the team, then, you know, we all train individually and then we all go out to, you know, the West Coast, um, either one of the three routes. Hopefully I get the Trans Am route, uh, you know, fingers crossed. But um, we all go out to the West Coast, we meet each other for the first time. And then after that, we get to, you know, go on this two month journey together. So I'll be hopefully with about 30 guys uh, cycling with me. And then there's probably gonna be about 15 guys who are just considered crew, who kind of look after us and they meet us at checkpoints, you know, give us our water, uh, mm -hmm. our food, you know, make sure that we're all sorted while we're going to uh, these different organizations across the country. Right. And um, what has been your workout regimen for, you know, preparing for this? What's that been like? What have you been doing every day to prepare yourself? Yeah, I know. So I try to wake up nice and early, you know, yesterday I kind of struggled cause I, you know, I was doing a bit of work, but you know, I try to wake up nice and early, get to the gym, grind out about an hour, hour, 10 minutes. You know, uh, I do high intensity cardio, just, you know, make sure like my lungs are intact. And then, you know, I'm doing a lot of leg strengthening and uh, a lot of stretching, making sure I'm nice and flexible. Uh, but the biggest aspect, you know, is just, you know, riding the bike, you know, getting on the bike and put it in the miles because you got to think, you know, some days I might be going 110 miles in a day, maybe 130, uh, maybe going 80. So it's just 
it's all about consistency right now. Um, you know, building a bit of strength and then as time comes closer, you know, putting more hours into it and trying to get out earlier, maybe going to cycle in the afternoon. Uh, but for right now, it's just all about like strength and condition and make sure that like, you know, I'm getting a good foundation for myself. Nice. Nice. Now you did, you have played a lot of sports growing up and expanded on your athletic arsenal when you picked up rugby at Iona. And so touch on what about sports, athletics, staying in shape, being active? What about that? Um, why has that been something that's always, you know, attracted you? Um, playing sports, staying active, being in athletics. What's attracted you about that? Yeah, so I guess it, it starts from a young age. Like my parents, the, my parents got me into like, you know, mixed martial arts when I was super young and I stuck with it for, you know, a good 10 years. And that was, you know, that was great because I was able to get, you know, that physical exertion out, you know, built up throughout the day. And then as I started getting a bit older, I, uh, you know, I loved the, the competitiveness, you know, being able to compete and to, you know, um, just really show what I got. And then, you know, I think it's, you know, any kid, right. You, you grow up and you look at these all-star athletes, these, you know, worldwide phenomenons like the Cristiano Ronaldo, or, you know, you look at Muhammad Ali or the, the Michael Jordan, right. These people are known throughout the world. And it's like, you, you know, a part of me always strives to be like one day, you know, imagine if I could be this person. And right. so, you know, these are great competitors in their respective sports. So it, you know, it gave me a little bit of drive, especially when I was in, you know, high school, you know, I really, I, I think I was a triathlete at the time. I was playing Gaelic football, basketball, soccer, like, you know, always switching between seasons, you know, it just, you know, helped me stay active and helped me, you know, I guess, keep a bit, a bit of balance in my life as well. Yeah. So Gaelic football, I mean, that was like your thing growing up. It sounds like, you know, you yeah. were playing since you were six, I think you said. Yeah, no. So that's another thing, right? It's uh, so my, my mother is actually from Ireland. Uh, my father's from Massachusetts. So, you know, Gaelic football is a traditional Irish sport, you know, and, you know, a couple of years back, uh, people from Ireland immigrated out to, you know, New York and the Americas. And so they created their own kind of program here in New York, called New York uh, GAA, right? Gaelic Football Association. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, from there, a bunch of tiny clubs kind of sporadically formed and I was, you know, able to get jump into it from such an early age. And then you go through the, the underage divisions you know, the, the under six, under eight, under 10, all the way up to under 21. And then from there, you get into the adult leagues. And so uh, it just kind of got born into it and, you know, kept kept at it and it kept training. And uh, yeah, I'm here now still playing at the age of 20. So. Right. That's awesome. Um, so to go along with like what you've done in sports, you're very uh, diligent in the classroom as well. What aspirations do you have as far as your career? that motivates you to do what you do in school and um, thrive in that aspect of your life? Yeah, I mean, school has always been, a, you know, the backbone, the foundation, right? So, like, my biggest thing was my parents are really, really supportive, and they always, um, whatever I want to do, they're always behind my back. But the one thing that they, they made sure of was, like, hey, like, you can have your fun, but you got to make sure that you get your academics sorted. So that's always been, you know, a super big priority for me, especially like now getting into my 20s, you know, I got to start thinking about myself and what I want to do, start making money and, uh, you know, being independent. And, you know, the biggest thing that, you know, inspiration for me is just trying to find something I'm super passionate about. Um, you know, I see a lot of people that I'm friends with and they're, they're late 20s and their 30s and, you know, they're in these corporate jobs and that they're unhappy and they're 
They're just, you know, doing something to make ends meet. You know what I mean? And my, I don't want to be that type of person. You know, you know, I have that mentality. It was just like, you know, life is so long, but also so short. And, you know, I don't need to like figure everything out immediately, but I do want to do something that's going to have uh, not only an impact on myself, but like have a greater impact on other people. Uh, and, you know, for me that, you know, I, I'm doing economics and informational systems, you know, a double degree, and then I'm doing a minor in mathematics, you know, I'm just, I like numbers, I like theory, I like uh, all that, you know, hopefully I can try to, you know, make, maybe one day make myself, you know, go down to Washington, D.C. and help do policymaking, or maybe, you know, might work for, you know, the Federal Reserve or the International Monetary Fund to do something that has to do with the you know, world economy, but also like trying to help people. Uh, because the economy right now is just in shambles. And so seeing that, it makes me want to do something that's, you know, bigger than me. And it seems like the dual degree that you're um, going after, it's going to give you the opportunity to do a lot of different things. And from what I'm hearing from you now, it's good that you have that, um, that solid backbone as to, you know, that you want to help people. And so I think that's going to take you so far, dude. And that's, that's awesome. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So how did, uh, this is a rugby podcast, so I guess we're going to have to talk about rugby a little bit, but how did Gaelic, this is a rugby podcast, so I guess we're going to have to talk about rugby a little bit, but how did Gaelic football or any other sports like soccer, I know you mentioned basketball, uh, you practice MMA, how did those experiences in Gaelic football kind of prepare you for rugby at Iona? Oh, how did they prepare me? I mean, I think I was prepared in the sense that I was able to to be an active guy. And, and I don't know if you remember training. I think I'm pretty quick. You know, I'm a lanky guy who can who can run pretty fast. And so I think you know, you're okay. So I'm okay. Yeah, I'm All okay. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember you know going through Gaelic football, and you know that's that's a pretty tough sport. I wouldn't say it's as tough as rugby at all, but you know, you know, that physicality as well as, you know, just being able to be conditioned. But to be to be fair, I don't think there's any sport in the world that can prepare you to be, you know, training at Iona College with Bruce. Uh, I mean, he's a fantastic coach as well as, you know, working with, you know, all the coaches like Paul and Daly and even working with App, you know, Andrew. It's just those guys kind of take you to that next level of athletics. And, you know, I thought I was prepared. And like, once I started actually training, you know, with the team and with the coaches and, you know, with, with yourself and other players like Watson, um, you know, you really get to see that these guys put in a lot of effort, a lot of time, and it's, it's a real big dedication. And so it kind of like told me like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta step your game up a lot. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I did some research on Gaelic football. I watched some highlights. I was watching the 2019 All-Ireland game, and it was one team blew the other team out. But it was very entertaining. Like, it was very entertaining. And it's not as rough as I thought it was going to be, I guess, because I know that I knew that you played and you picked up rugby. So I figured, like, it was going to be pretty rough. I was going to see some hits, but it was a lot more – it's a, it's a finesse game, it seems. Oh, yeah, 110%. Like, it's all about the finesse and all about the, you know, as much as rugby is skill, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of backs and even some forwards nowadays, you know, the, the way the yeah. game's evolved, 
you know, it takes a lot of skill, but, you know, playing Gaelic football is all about picking your passes and, you know, trying to move the team around in, in, in a sense where you can go back and forward and try to set up plays. Um, and so it's it's completely different from rugby, and it's always so hard to try to explain. So I actually commend you trying to, you know, learn the game yourself uh, because the, the differences between rugby and Gaelic football are just like like A and B, black and white. Like they're they're actually pretty different. No, I mean, it, I mean, it's, I think it's something that I'm definitely going to want to keep my eye on moving forward. Like, let me know if there are any big games in Gaelic football coming <laughs> on TV or on ESPN. Like, I'll definitely stay tuned for some Gaelic football. Yeah, the, the craziest thing about the whole entire sport that you probably wouldn't know from just researching, but like all those guys are all volunteer. Like, they don't get paid at all. Like, they, as much as, you know, wow. they get broadcasted on these, you know, RT, which is the biggest network in Ireland, mm-hmm. right? These guys have regular jobs. Like, they're regular Joes, uh, and they, wow. they just do it for the love of the sport. And so, you know, I kind of learned that culture of, like, the sport, uh, you know, because I've been over to Ireland countless times because of family, and then I ended up getting to represent New York in the collegiate team, you know, last February. So we actually went over and we played a lot of these college teams, uh, you know, kids our age, right? And mm-hmm. these, you know, it's families that are just continued legacies of, you know, football players who play for their county, you know, basically their state, um, playing for these clubs. And then, you know, the division and the, the, the competitiveness is, is all literally for the glory. Like there's no money involved. And I think that's like something that's really pure and special that comes with Gaelic football mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And you guys got the, um, you know, I, great fans too. Like that's something that I noticed. Great fans, enthusiasm. Yeah. It's 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 really exciting. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that pretty much wraps up the podcast episode. Um, yeah, good luck. Definitely good luck on your journey this summer. And I wish you nothing but the best. And I know you're gonna learn a lot and make a huge difference. So. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me out and, you know, taking the time out of your day to speak with me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love this. I, like one of my favorite episodes of your podcast was actually listening with Watson and, you know, hearing his journey. That was someone who didn't play rugby as well coming into to college. So, I mean, you'll keep up the great stuff. You're doing awesome, man. really glad that i got to catch up with aiden and if you guys would please just donate anything that you can to aid his journey of hope fundraiser it would truly make a difference for someone out there that's suffering from disabilities and the link is in the description of this episode so just click that link and donate whatever you can to help make a difference for his uh adventure this summer And if you are enjoying this podcast so far, please subscribe and rate five stars if you believe that it deserves it. Also, if you have any questions for me or ideas for the show, feel free to contact me at Believe in Rugby on Instagram. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode of the Believe in Rugby podcast show. I hope that everyone continues to stay safe and I look forward to talking to you again next week. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.